0: Today we are talking about the essential team roles to boost your blog success and to support you as your blog grows. From the roles that are going to support you as the CEO to the roles that help you to execute content, you're going to learn the key players that you need to build a team for your food blog. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hello, my food blogging friends. Welcome back to this week's episode of the show. And I am really excited to talk about one of my favorite topics when it comes to thinking about growing your food blog, and that is team building. Now, Before I jump in to the episode, if you are brand new to the show, we've had a couple of different things that are bringing in some new listeners lately. And if that is you, I'm so glad that you are here and tuning in to today's episode. My name is Madison Wetherill. I'm the founder and CEO over at Grace and Vine Studios, where we specialize in building brands and websites for food bloggers who are looking to stand out from the crowd, to build something unique for their brand, to diversify their income streams, and ultimately to take their blog to the next level and increase their income and their impact. So if that is you and you are curious about how we work with clients or what it would look like to work together, you can head over to graceandvinestudios.com to learn more about the ways that we work with clients. But I will say that one of our services, the one that we are booking the most right now is not even on our website yet. So that is our crafted website project. You've heard me talk about it on the podcast the last couple of episodes. Crafted is our way of supporting food bloggers who are kind of in the in-between. They are not brand new to blogging and they're not super established and ready for the investment of a custom website. And so we created the Crafted website project to be able to support food bloggers like that who want something unique. They're tired of using the same pre-made themes that look like everybody else's, but they don't want to sacrifice site speed or SEO or the strategy behind building a website, they really want somebody to come alongside them to help them build the best version of their website together. And so our crafted website project is exactly that. So if that sounds like something that would interest you and fits more of what you are looking for than say a custom website, then I would love for you to reach out to me over on Instagram at Grace and Vine. You can also email us or you can fill out the contact form that's on our website And we would be so thrilled to be able to send you more information because we are absolutely loving the way that these projects are going and the results that we are getting for our clients through the crafted website projects. So today, like I said, we're going to jump into talking about team. And I mentioned that talking about team when it comes to your food blog is one of my absolute favorite things because I think when I started food blogging and really at the beginning of having a business, I actually did not want a team at all. I really felt like I didn't want to have to manage other people. And I just felt like I would be a solopreneur for forever. And what I quickly found, and maybe you have found this, too, is that I did not have the amount of hours in the day to do all the things that I wanted to do or even to just do the things that I needed to do in order to scale my business. And so my team building really first started with this business, with Grace and Vine, and it started out really simply. I first Hired a virtual assistant, and that was really all I had for a few years. I went through a few virtual assistants just with schedule changes and just finding the right fit. And that was great for a really long time. That was all I really needed. And then I started to feel like I was the bottleneck once again. And when I say the bottleneck, I want you to literally visualize an old fashioned bottle, you know, and when you come to the top of the bottle, it gets more narrow. And what happens when it gets more narrow is that it is harder to funnel things through the more narrow opening. And that was what was happening for me with my business. I was constantly feeling like I was behind. There were many tasks on my list that were overdue or not getting done at all. And that was my first sign that I needed to invest more into my team. And it's a scary thing when you are growing a business and you need to invest into team because it can be expensive. It also takes a lot of trust to bring someone into your world and to let them be a part of what you are doing. So I say all of that to say I totally understand if the idea of growing a team feels out of reach, scary, makes you nervous, any of those types of emotions. I totally get it. I have been there too. But what I can tell you from experience in both the Grace and Vine business and also in my food blog is that when you invest into your team and when you are able to grow by bringing on more people to your team you are able to do exponentially more than you can do on your own that is going to lead directly to increasing your income it's going to provide work and jobs for other people which to me is one of the biggest blessings in growing a team and the things that i love the most and finally it's also going to allow you to rely on others expertise because we all know as food bloggers we wear way too many hats and most of them don't fit very well and aren't really our gifts. And so when you have a team, you're able to give some of that work to people who are better fit for those roles and for those jobs. So with all of that being said, today I wanna just go through a few of the kind of key players that I have seen both in my own food blog and also with people that I know and have worked with in terms of what roles seem to be the biggest hitters and the things that really take your business to the next level. So before we dive into the actual roles to consider, I wanted to share just a couple of quick tips for you. I've covered most of these things in previous episodes or in blog posts, and so I'm going to link to those in the show notes and on the blog post that will be on the Grace and Vine website if you want to take a listen or look at those things a little bit more in depth. My first tip when it comes to hiring and thinking about building a team is to first create SOPs or standard operating procedures before you are even ready to hire. Maybe you're listening to this episode and you are thinking, oh, I will hire someone in a year or two. Start now with documenting the things that you are doing on a daily basis. I will link to an entire podcast episode that we have done on SOPs and how to start building those out. But it's just something that I think is so important to start thinking about And I will say, too, even if you are not planning on growing a team to support you in your food blog, SOPs can be very helpful for you as a solopreneur as well. So don't think that they're not helpful, even if you are not building a team. The second thing that's really important to remember is having a very, very clear definition of the role written down. I'm going to talk about this in more detail when I get to some of these roles in particular, but one of the common pitfalls I see when it comes to hiring for us small business owners is not being clear about what you want someone to do. And often this happens because we get into a hiring phase when we are way past overwhelm, And so really, we're just barely treading water and we just need someone to help get the water out of the bathtub. Instead, we need to really approach the topic of hiring and growing our team with a more level-headed approach where we're able to sit down and be really clear about what the role is going to be and how that person can be successful in that role. My next tip is to make sure that you're organizing your team's tasks and your own tasks with systems and templates within a project management tool. We have an entire blog post about how we use Asana to manage our blog posts, and this can be a great tool to use. There's also tools like ClickUp, Monday, Trello, or just doing it in something like Slack. But I really recommend having a place where someone can go and know where they can find the work that's been assigned to them. And then lastly, my tip for hiring before we dive into the roles is to set boundaries from the beginning. This is going to look like setting the boundaries on communication and where you want someone to communicate with you and how. If you don't want to be receiving text messages in the middle of the night, make sure you set that expectation from the beginning. Second. How are you going to collaborate, either individually between you and your the person you are hiring, or as a team, if you have more team members? How do you expect for your team members to interact and collaborate with each other? And then the last thing, explaining how you want the person to be autonomous and own their role, and some examples of what that might look like. When I say all of these tips too, I know that some of these things may not sound as obvious or easy to explain to somebody else. And but these are lessons that I have learned in hiring people in my business for the last six to seven years now. And it's something that I've really just adapted into the culture of my companies to be able to share these values and share kind of my preferences for things as I bring on somebody new. Okay, so diving into the actual roles that you can consider. And these are roles that I have had in each of my businesses, um, with the exception of maybe the last one. But the very first role to consider would be a blog manager. The blog manager role is the number one thing that took my blog from being stagnant and me not really working on it to me being able to start producing more content. I've talked about this in a couple of past episodes, but when I hired my blog manager, I hired her to help me with blog management, but also to help with writing. And this is the thing that pulled me out of not only overwhelm, but just inaction. Having a blog manager helped me to start having an editorial calendar again, start focusing on the content that I wanted to create and being able to carve out space to actually do the recipe development and do the photography. So a blog manager is somebody who is going to manage that editorial calendar and help you to get the ideas off paper and onto a calendar. They're going to check to make sure that the posts are actually being completed by the writer. So there's a little bit of an element of leading team members within this role as well. They might have to reorganize things as needed. If things are behind or off schedule, they might go in and be the person who says, "Okay, we don't have the photos for this post coming up next week. So instead, we're going to do this post that we do have the photos for. They can also be really helpful for you as the CEO to have a resource and somebody to sit down and do a quarterly game plan or review with. So it's just helpful to have somebody else who's looking over things and it's not all just you. And they also are able to review the writer's work or potentially get that post from being written to being edited and scheduled as well. So like I said, this has been a huge, huge game changer in my business to have someone in this role. It's something that I highly recommend I honestly feel like this role is almost more important than the other ones that I've mentioned, but it all depends on your working style and what support you really need. And so as I go through these examples, I hope that you'll be really thinking about which areas you struggle the most with and what help might look like in those areas. The next is a really common role to hire for, although probably not as common as the third one, and that's hiring a writer or a photographer. The content creation process is really what can take the most time, mental energy, effort to help get content created. And if you can hire people to help you create that content and execute the content plan, this can dramatically increase the amount of content that you can create. And often you might find that you can get people who are better at that craft than you are. I feel like as food bloggers, again, we wear all these hats and we assume that we are naturally good at things like writing and photography and recipe development. But really, there might only be one element of actually creating a blog post that you love to do. And if it's not writing, that's okay. There are people who are really gifted at writing who want nothing to do with the rest of the work. So if you enjoy writing, obviously, this isn't going to be for you. But if you do not enjoy writing or you struggle with certain types of photography, You might consider hiring someone to help supplementally that's the other thing that i want to mention here is that hiring for these roles and hiring specifically for these execution roles doesn't mean that you're never doing this type of work it might mean that if you want to hire that much of it out but often it just means having a little bit of support within that role so that you can get more content created so something that i've decided to do within this realm i do have most of my blog posts being written and then about every quarter or maybe every other month, I will write one of the blog posts myself just for fun. And to be honest, every time I write a blog post, I'm reminded why I have writers, because even though I love writing and I love create being creative through writing, writing a blog post for SEO is not my favorite thing. So with this, I've also decided to hire a photographer or have a photographer help me with certain recipes that I don't like doing and I don't want to do. So this really funny example is that I absolutely love cupcakes. I love making them, but I hate styling them. And so whenever I have cupcakes that are coming up on my calendar, I outsource them to a specific photographer that I've started working with. And it's great because she is much better at it and I don't have to stress about it. And then finally, working with a writer can definitely or a photographer really can take some time to get into a good groove. And sometimes the first person you hire may not be the best fit. So take it with a grain of salt and know that, you know, day one, you're not going to be able to take everything off of your plate. That's another thing that I think really holds people back from hiring is it sometimes is going to take more work up front. But then the load that is taken off of your plate and the mental capacity that you have back once you get someone into a good rhythm is worth it tenfold. Okay, this next role is going to be the one that I think most people start with. And I actually don't know if it's the best one to start with. And that is going to be a virtual assistant. Obviously, it's really common to have a virtual assistant in many online businesses, but there are really so many different ways that a virtual assistant can support you in your business. One common downfall of this role is that it really becomes a catch all and it becomes kind of a dumping ground for various tasks. This is kind of just the natural way that virtual assisting is built and People in those roles tend to be really good at juggling lots of things and really good at doing a little bit of everything. So it's really natural to give them a lot of different tasks and a lot of variety. But if you can keep the scope of a virtual assistant's work more narrow and focused, it will help you to first figure out if this person is a good fit for your team. Second, it will help you to expand as you grow and as you have more trust with that person. And third, it may even help you to see if that person is just really gifted in one area and maybe not so gifted in another area where you might decide to have another team member come on board to take over a certain type of tasks. So here are some major task areas that you might hire a VA to help with. First is going to be social media content and scheduling. This is the thing that I know for me, I want it off my plate as quickly as possible, and it's the thing that I don't do because I don't want to. So that's a great way also to know that it's a task that you might outsource is if it's a thing that you keep putting off and you never get to it, it might be something if it's important to your business growth that you might consider outsourcing. So sharing blog posts in social media threads or actually creating content and getting it scheduled to your feed. This can also be another role that somebody can help with looking and reaching out to other bloggers and publications for backlinks and things like that. So even though it is a social media content or scheduling role, there's some other areas where this might, you know, kind of bleed over into different, a different scope of work, depending on how you like the relationship with this person. The next is inbox management. Again, one of my least favorite things to deal with when it comes to my business, I would love someone to manage the inbox for my personal life too, because I just hate it so much. But, Having somebody in your business who can help with replying to emails, keeping your inbox organized, unsubscribing from irrelevant newsletters, saving receipts into a folder for you. So even your digital receipts, you can have somebody take those out of your inbox and save them to a folder. That way, if and when you ever need them in the future, they're organized for you. This can be something that's just really helpful. It's a tedious task, but it is so nice to have somebody else handling this for you in a way that is probably much more organized than you would do it. You could also have somebody who's in charge of doing analytics and data management for you, so it could be something like updating a tracking spreadsheet with your social media accounts and what your following looks like there, your analytics and all of that type of stuff. They also might be keeping track of a budget and expenses. I know it's really easy for us to spend the same things over and over again month to month without really tracking exactly what it is that we are spending money on. So having somebody who can just take those receipts right from your inbox and put them into a spreadsheet can make it really easy for you to do bookkeeping or just to look at your budget and expenses down the road. And then the last one is going to be applicable if you do have more than one team member helping with content creation, and that's task management. So even if you it's only you and your VA, you need somebody who's going to create the tasks for you to work on. And so creating a system for a virtual assistant to go in and create the tasks for the team can be really helpful just to keep everything moving and keep everyone organized and on task. Okay. This next one is hiring somebody to help you with SEO or keyword research. We know that keyword research is an essential part to growing your organic traffic, but what if you really, really don't like keyword research or your brain just doesn't work that way? I know for a lot of food bloggers, we are so creative that getting into kind of an analytical mindset to look at keyword research is really hard. So having an expert who can help in this area can seriously take stress off of your plate and most likely lead to better results for you as well if it's an expert who knows what they're doing. This type of role is going to vary widely based on who you are hiring and what their services entail and how they're structured. But in general, some things that this person might help with are discoverability and finding the right keywords for your website and looking at your competition to see what they are doing as well, and then also helping you to figure out what the unique spin you are going to take on a certain keyword or a certain topic might be based on what everybody else is doing and the gaps that they might see in the industry. They might also help with technical SEO, so making sure things like your website are optimized, you have the right schema in place, your site speed is working correctly, or other technical elements are set up properly to make sure that your website is discoverable and hopefully Google favors it as well. And then lastly, doing keyword tracking and data. So this is something where someone can who is focused on SEO can really focus on keeping a pulse on your content and how it's performing. They can also make suggestions for what to do if a, if a certain piece of content starts to dip in any way. This is just a person who's going to focus on the numbers and the data at all times and help you to improve your content based on what is happening. OK, last but in my opinion, certainly not least, is your website and design team. So Your website and design team might not be working day in and day out with you to grow your blog, but they are a really crucial part of your blog's growth and they can be truly what takes your business to the next level of success. To put it simply, most of the food bloggers these days are starting out using the same one or two pre-made themes. And these themes are really great for getting you from having zero organic traffic to and zero income to qualifying for ads through Mediavine. But what happens after that? When you get to a place where you have a site that is monetized in some way, you might quickly find that you are ready for the next level of branding and for your website design. The logo that you might have designed in Canva and the pre-made theme with the identical setup to all the rest of the food bloggers can start to hinder your ability to keep growing and to keep going to that next level. I've heard clients who have told me that they feel like they're at a, a plateau. They're at a stalemate in their blog's growth and they're ready to go to the next level, but they don't know how. When you start to prepare for the next level of your food blog, you're looking to do things like creating brand partnerships or you have cookbook deals in the works. Maybe you're trying to create a personal brand and working on monetizing through affiliate income. The pre-made website and the templated logo that you have really can stop your brand from standing out and continuing to scale. So, as your food blog grows and you are looking to go to the next level, investing in your brand and website design is a huge key to the next level of success. And we have seen this time and time again with our clients. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is exactly what our crafted website project was designed to do. It's designed to support this level of food blogger who's gone from zero to monetizing, maybe with ads or maybe with other methods, and they're really ready to jumpstart their next phase of blog growth. So if any of what I just described resonates with you and you feel like you're ready to have a website and branding team to support you, we would love to chat with you. Like I mentioned, we have multiple ways of getting in contact with us. You can reach out on Instagram at Grace and Vine. You can email us. There's a link in the show notes to directly email us and get more information or you can fill out our contact form as well. And these crafted websites are booking up really quickly. We only have a handful of these spots available every month because they are So high touch on our end for our team to really work one on one with you. And so if you're interested in those, please reach out as soon as possible. We are already booking for quarter one. So if that's been on your mind, you're saying I want to wait until quarter one. We're already booking for those spots, so I would love to get you on the schedule. So to recap this episode and the important roles that support your blog as it grows. First, we have a blog manager. We have content creation and the people who help with that, like writers and photographers, a virtual assistant to help with keeping the business organized. We also have somebody who does SEO or keyword research. And then finally, your website and design team, which Grease and Vine Studios would love to be a part of your website and design team. If that is something that you're interested in looking to hire out in the remainder of this year or the start of next. I hope this episode gives you lots of ideas of ways that you can support yourself as the CEO of your business and hopefully take it to the next level through investing in your team, investing in yourself, to be honest, which I know can be a scary thing to do. But when we are able to invest back into our business, I promise that you are going to see it grow faster and stronger than you would be able to do it on your own. So I hope that you will go out and take some action, maybe make some of your first hires to continue to grow your food blog. And until next week, friends, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.